This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thank you, disembodied hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I am socially isolating Robert. Nothing? I get nothing? Of course. Well, I had to do something special, you know. We're still we're still remote. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Like the whole world, right? Am I oh. not mistaken? It's interesting. I've seen some very uh, disturbing video from big cities, like even in New York, where people are still out and about, and there aren't they aren't social distancing at all. So yes, we are. I know a lot of people that are, but uh, including a lot of obviously of celebrities and stuff. But uh, yeah, some places like the big cities are not doing it very well or at all. It's kind of scary. Basically, what's going to keep us in this situation for another God knows how long? You wonder about that, right? Like, what if this becomes the new norm? Well, that is that's like that's like an episode of Black Mirror. Oh right? yeah, well, this is everybody's like this Black Mirror episode sucks. I need to stop and get <laughs> next next episode. This is boring. Next episode, please. <laughs> I can only eat so many frozen burritos. Yes, I. Well, so you need to start start learning how to cook. That's all I'm saying. Or get someone to come in and cook for you. But then again, not social distancing. So, you know, it's like that that episode of Black Mirror that anyone who's watched Black Mirror, if they watch that episode, they're completely turned off by Black Mirror. You know the episode? That was season two. No, I don't remember season two or season one. I think it was like the first episode, first season is where the mayor ends up having sex with a pig. Yes, yes. And then the second one was the city um, underground. Yeah, the city underground was also pretty bad. Yeah. So people yeah. just watch one of those episodes, they're going to be like, well, I'm not really watching this series. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> they're like, I'm good. I'm good. And you know, sadly enough, I hadn't had a chance to watch the uh, revitalized uh, Twilight Zone with uh, Jordan Peele. No, I've seen it a couple of times. I just don't know that it's, I don't know, it's kind of like replay stuff. It's, it's not as good the second or third or fifth iteration around, you know? Well, I figured they would take the best from the Twilight Zone and redo them. I get that. Sure. Like everyone wants to know the, you know, the famous one about the guy who wishes away everybody and he only wants to be with books and then he breaks his glasses. I wonder what the new version of that would be. Yeah, cuz now it's like laser surgery, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be the same uh... scenario. Curse you, modern science and technology. <laughs> well, they used to run but into that. That's part. the reason why. That's the reason why all the new movies now. If you don't, if you don't realize, like they're all being set like pre nineties, mm-hmm. because cell phones ruin every plot. Oh yeah, no, in a heartbeat and a half, they ruin the plot. And it's like, um, it's like with Star Trek. Uh, one of the biggest things they had to come up with was the reason for the ship to not work quite correctly every episode or so when there's any sort of drama. Because otherwise, I mean, if they have all the stuff, they're fine. There is no drama. There's no issues. What's going to go wrong? Nothing. Exactly. Because they're utopian, perfect uh, society. Yes. But I heard Picard is really good. Man, I so have to deep dive into that. Yeah. I know. It's been supposed to be free. So I know. No, I, I remember. So it's free to watch if you get the subscription to CBS All Access for like. I don't know, the, t- the trial period. So if you have like 30 days of the trial period is, you can watch all of Picard for free to begin with. But of course, you then signed up for the subscription if you don't cancel kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and how people are forgetful and end up won't doing it. So I just, I just haven't felt that it's worth it. No, not that uh, bad. 
I mean, unless you're really into CIS. Yeah. Because that's the CIS channel, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the CIs and S's and V's and Q's. Yeah, all of that's on there. And, of course, the daytime stuff, you know, daytime television, all the rest of that. Ah. So, I guess that might I get, I get, well, I'm not going to age discriminate. Like, if you're of that age, you probably do like CBS. Yeah, you could be of a certain age and and like CBS. CBS is definitely not a young person's channel per se. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. It just is what it is. I mean, I like some of the uh, NCIS stuff a little bit, um, you know, every once in a while. You know, to watch some of that. I'm not going to get obsessed, but I'll I'll watch it here and there. Yeah. I mean, it's on the the uh... breath. Yeah, which which brings us to our today's uh, talking points about about being inside. Yes, this much. Yeah, you start to get a little 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 loopy, a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. How uh, now with you? What's it been like uh, on your end? Because you are in a household. Yes. Um, so it's not been as bad for me. I mean, it's kind of a weird, like almost extended weekend with work interference in between. Because you know. I have my own space. I have a lot of video games. I've played a lot of games with some of the family. So we have a lot of board game or card game afternoons that we just play stuff or whatever. And, you know, we're still doing remote stuff. Like this past weekend, I actually did uh, a role play in, a, in an RP game all via Skype. So there's still outlets and there's still people I can connect with. And then, you know, you know, I have animals and a wife and all the rest of that stuff. So that always keeps me entertained as well. So there's things to do. So it's not as bad. But someone like, like in your scenario, it's got to be a little bit, you know, drive you a little nutty. Oh, yeah. For me, it's I'm in complete isolation. However, I do talk to some family through FaceTime. Um, well, that's good. I get a chance to talk to my daughter over the phone. Um, you should FaceTime with your daughter, too. I'm surprised you don't do that. Uh, yeah, that that there's issues with that, of course. Uh, of course. I'm sorry. But yeah. yeah, if you got to keep in touch with people, I'm going to call one of my best friends up in Chicago today, talk to him. He'll talk to my dad. I can't FaceTime with my dad, ironically, because he's one of those Android people. So that's complicated. But uh, I talk to my grandmother, talk to my kids almost daily, which is kind of ironic. I talk to them more now that we're in this isolation state than I did when we weren't because they have stuff. But it's weird. Like this, the, the schooling is so different now, the remote learning stuff. Oh, yeah. Has your daughter started doing that, too? That started today for mm-hmm. my daughter. Yep. Um, I'm going to find out later this afternoon how she did. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in communication with her teacher, oh, good. Uh, thankfully. Uh, so I'm going to try to log in myself. Oh, nice. Yeah, to make sure everything works on my end. And then, um, yeah, I, I, like you said, it, being, in, being in isolation like this isn't really like true isolation. Um, you're still finding ways to connect, but like, you know, if I had to do without the technology, I probably would have gone insane. Mm. Like you go back to like, if this happened probably like in the eighties when like the only thing you had was like the phone and the TV, right. And only what you had cable in the eighties, maybe 50 channels. Oh, sure. Well, if that, yeah. Yeah. Maybe 50. Um, not all of them watchable, of course. Well, no, it's cable. I mean, you know, it's cable. Yeah. Yeah. You can like verify very local, what wrestling sometimes it's just awful. Yeah. 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 Like a lot of the, a lot of local stations off the small markets, 
um, affiliates of affiliates. Oh yeah. Uh, public yeah. access. Uh, oh, but yeah, it, <laughs> I, I digress. But like if, yeah. if, if I had to be like in that, in that time under these circumstances, I would have gone crazy by now, honestly. Oh yeah. You, you'd be like New York where you're basically going outside and doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing, being social in crowds and stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. I mean, there's literally no one inside. And they have yeah. all that stuff, but it's the problem with New York. And I've been in those apartments. There are a lot of those apartments are tiny. I mean, yeah. literally tiny. So you don't want to, you're not going to be able to stay indoors and be sane, even if you well, have all the technology, you know? And that's, that's what I got from when I used to work with uh, a company that was based out of New York, but I was down here in, in Florida. And whenever, you know, the guy I used to work for would come down here, uh, we would talk about that. And he's like, you don't understand, like, me coming from New York to Florida, like, I feel so, like, I can breathe. Like, mm. I can walk down the street and not be, like, not bump into, like, four or five people every step I take. Mm. And, you know, he, he could spread out. He could stretch out. Mm-hmm. Over there, everybody is literally on top of one another. Oh, so, yeah. like, in the building that he lives in, there's, like, 76 other families. Jesus. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, so... You, you never you, you don't have that feeling down here because like here everyone's kind of like you, you kind of have your own thing Spread i myself out. live in a building but there's not many units right yeah you don't have that many families yeah yeah it's pretty crazy and another thing uh, we, we're talking about social isolation and doing things and there are a lot of people that are, of course are encouraging the social social isolation and all those people also are celebrities and some of the stuff that they're doing to try and keep people at, you know at home you know, because they can't really do much. Their stuff's been put on hold or canceled. So they're like, well, we should do something. We're actors. We want to do something entertaining. So, like, Jimmy Kimmel's doing his show from home. And I know um, a couple of others are also doing stuff remotely. I know uh, Chris Hemsworth has this exercise app that he's doing. And you can literally just do it for free. And you can exercise with Chris Hemsworth and do his exercise routine and become, you know, the, 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 the version of Thor you want to be. Um, Let so- me tell you, I just watched... Uh, end game on Saturday, right? Again? And, oh, and it's Jimmy Kimmel. Sorry, that's yeah, who and, else. <laughs> and, at the, and at the end, when Thor and uh, Star Lord or Quinn mm-hmm. Quill, yeah, um, is like doing their. Well, we really know who's in charge. Of course, of course, we all know who's in charge. Mm. You know, it's it, you know that part to me was better than like any uh, most of the parts of the movie. Like just the fact that he's so threatened by Thor. And mm-hmm. Thor knows, like, I I can beat this guy, and they're like, you should you should have a fight to see who who's the captain. And <laughs> someone said, who was it? Someone said, uh, you should use knives. And then Mantis <laughs> is like, yes, knives, yes. There's <laughs> <laughs> some great interactions, but they're doing a lot of cool things. And um, Labar Burton, who we might all remember from uh, the yeah. Star Trek world, or Reading Rainbow, which Reading is Rainbow. actually um, it's Lavar Reeds, and he got. Uh, uh, Con Blanche or whatever it's called um, uh, writes to read everything of Neil Gaiman's ever. So he's doing that now, which I thought was really cool. So there's a lot yeah. of celebrities doing some really cool things. So there is it, it's kind of interesting. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I hate to cut you off. I think it's cool. However, when you watch Jimmy Kimmel's thing, mm-hmm. I I th- I want and, and don't take this wrong because it's not that I'm hating on him because mm-hmm. he's doing something cool. It, because you could tell that he has lost a little bit of his stand up, like 
history. You know what I mean? The ability to do mm. things, comedy on his own. Yeah, he's so used to being scripted, which is a good, is a valid point because a lot of these celebrities are have been so trained to do that that they can't truly do it anymore. Like if you read um, uh, Jean Luc uh, Patrick Stewart reading Shakespeare, he's an actor. He's reading like all of the sonnets that Shakespeare ever wrote, like one a day. You listen to him and you're like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't need a script. And he doesn't have like the notes That's in front of talent. him. He's it's, just, it's, yeah. It's, it's talent, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not just I, a, a script reader or a cue card reader. And the thing is, is that, and I, in that, that Jimmy Kimmel link that I saw, which is just him, like, like what you and I would be doing is Basically. You know, sitting in front of our laptop, right? <laughs> yes. He, uh, he was talking to, to uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. Wow. Well, he still got and, the he still, still pull the celebrities in himself. Well, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm watching it, and this is not to be political whatsoever, but I I found like it to be kind of boring. Mm. Like I thought it'd be funny, or at least interesting, um, right? Or interesting, and it really wasn't. And I was like thinking, now is it because Jimmy Kimmel has probably a staff writing room of like a hundred people for every episode that he does? Not including like thirty or forty producers, mm. which is possible. Think, yeah. Do you think maybe like, you know, it's the, the cracks are kind. Of, this something like this would have to happen for us to see like what his talent level really is. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that and that may be the very thing we start to learn is which actors from small and large screen actually have the talent to hold a show without a hundred writers behind them, which ones can't. And maybe he's kind of in the middle where he's decent, but not great, but there's probably some that are literally not doing anything. But if this goes on long enough, it's going to go back to, if you're an actor and you can't be in something, you're going to have to figure out something to do by yourself or, you know, something remote or something virtual. No, just, just have some sort of talent that gets you to that point of like celebrity, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, Patrick Stewart, he's a trained Shakespearean actor. He Mm -hmm. has the talent. Like, Oh yeah. He's been in like Academy Award winning films, mm-hmm. critically acclaimed films. I don't know if he's won an Oscar. I think he's been nominated for a few. Mm. Um, but like literally I could spend my time in isolation, like maybe an hour a day listening to him read Shakespeare. Like I could see myself doing that. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I think he was knighted at one point, too. Yeah, he is knighted. He is Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah, he is, sir. So let's see. He he was winner of the Saturn Award, uh, the, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Okay. So he's won a few of those. Let's see what else he's gotten. He got a, nominee, a lot of nominees, Golden Globe, Golden Globe, Primetime Emmys, nominee a whole bunch of times. He won the Saturn Awards once, twice, actually. Uh, who is a, the BTVA Voice Acting Award Best Performance in a Narrative Road for TED in 2012 it's kind of weird wow he was the narrator that's right that's such a weird random thing but okay but why cool. would he win that award for that movie I don't know I would have given him awards for Star Trek Excalibur he was nominated for all of that he was nominated he just didn't win but he yeah, was nominated like- Oh, God, remember the Blockbuster Awards? Yes. 
I remember he, that. he won for best supporting actor in conspiracy uh conspiracy theory conspiracy theory he was a nominee for x-men actually in 20 2001 by the blockbuster entertainment awards he's a nominee for first contact actually he's a nominee for one film critics association in logan actually logan came up for a lot of awards logan should have won more awards than it did yeah no definitely He's, he was a lot of times when uh, he was a, he was the winner of the Legends Award in the UK and the Family Film Awards in the UK. Um, he got a he got a Family Film Award winner in 1986 for Best Actor TV, The Canterville Ghost. <laughs> I don't even know what the Chainsaw wait, Award did, is. Didn't he do? Uh, oh wait, he did that horror movie, right? Was mm-hmm. it called Green or Red or what was it? No, it was Green Green Room, maybe something like that. Yes, I remember. I saw it. Yeah, it was creepy. It wasn't oh really horror. God. It was more suspense. I felt, but it was definitely dark. Oh yes, that one was like if he doesn't win something for this role, there is something yeah. wrong in the world. So Golden Schmo Award. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. He won it for Best Supporting Actor of the Year in Logan. So they gave him the award. He won won a gra- he won a Grammy in 1996 for best spoken word out al- word album for children, for Peter and the Wolf, the IGN Award winner for best supporting uh, performance in a movie for Logan as well actually. And he was the People's Choice Award winner for the same thing as well. So he has won some random things. Yeah, like stuff I'm just I've wondering never why the Academy of. though. Why isn't the Academy like recognizing this dude? Yeah, I mean we're down to the PGA Award. I'm not even sure what that. Is. The Satellite Award, Screen Actors Guild Award. He was a uh, didn't win that. He was a nominee. He didn't the VGA even get a Award. Really, Best Performance by Human Male. The VG, the Spike Video Game Awards. He won by the Best Performance by Human Male in the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I didn't know he was in that game, but there you go. Nice. He, he did get a star uh, in the Walk of Fame in '96. But yeah, very interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, right, we, but went, yeah, we really but like, went down the we really went yeah, down we, the... we fell down the rabbit hole in that one. But no, back back to something like the Jimmy yeah. Kimmel one led me to the Trevor Noah uh, mm. ones that he was doing, and they're equally as lame. Really, Trevor Noah? Yeah, because like, I've watch... seen his stand up. Like, have you watched his? He has some stand up specials on Netflix. Yes, he was really funny. He was really good. I guess when you like, like I said, I don't know if it's the world of scripting. Yeah, you just get so used to like your stuff being tested out and and tried and then passed through approval and then it's handed to you and all you have to do is deliver it. Yeah, that's very strange. But yeah, but like for they're basically trying to do what we do, but make it mm. entertaining. And unfortunately, I think well, not unfortunately, but fortunately, I think um, I think we're doing a better job than they are, and we don't cost the. We don't gather the twenty-five million dollar uh, salaries. Wow, you're putting us up there, sir. You're 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 throwing down the gauntlet, if you will. You're you're taking out the white glove and slapping him in the face. Yeah, the challenge saying, accepted. Hey, they're trying to cut into our action. We've been doing this for years now. These guys are are coming in on our turf. Oh, cutting into our action, and we don't have. Big corporate NBC pushing no. out the pushing out their stuff to the top of the YouTube chain. No, we're 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 fighting it. Yeah, you know. Well, you know who we do have promoting us. Go on. We do have a PhD. 
Oh, that's right. We have a PhD. Yes. Yes, so we, we have that going for us. Uh, I was going to say, um, we, he's actually doing uh, very well in advertising for us, so we almost have about uh, a good number of views on our last two episodes that have were one of which were with him and one of which was right before. So people are starting to listen. So, you know, and dozens they do seem to enjoy his dozens content. Dozens of listeners. Dozens. Dozens, my friend. Dozens. But, um, but yeah, so being remote is a good thing for the most part, I feel. But you said some of your friends felt differently. Wow. Some let difference. me tell you. Yeah. Well, you and I have both discussed this over the years about how business is transforming with technology, how technology has made, uh, made things a lot easier for companies not to uh, have to have the expense of a brick and mortar building. Yes. Like, they Correct. essentially could run everything through small time locations, sure. even drilling down to people's homes, because now people are able to get uh, Internet that's good enough to, like, do big projects on. Sure. Yeah. Internet keeps getting better and technology keeps getting faster. So, yeah, there's no reason not to to, to work remote. Like yeah. you said, your friends have tried, tried to do. Well, here's the thing. With my job, historically, they had never worked remote. And so to them, that was like met with mixed emotions. Some of them were like, yay, we don't have to like drive into work. And the others were like, oh, geez, I have to stay at home all day and work. So like yeah. the two worlds are colliding. Right? Which can be tra- which can be a problem for some people. I mean, it really depends on their setup, where they have this, what workspace they have, you know, how many people they have in the house. I mean, there's a lot of issues that could come about. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of them were like a big mixture. I myself have have never had an issue with working remotely or like in a location. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, my commute is about 45 minutes. So to me, not having to drive that's that's awesome. That's like an extra two and a half hours a day I get back. Right. Nice. Yeah. Sure. And for me, my I have a good enough laptop that does everything that I need to do with it. I don't mm-hmm. need to like have to, I, I I don't have to do like anything major, right? Right, right, right. I mean, I like my multi-monitor setup, so I set up three monitors from uh, well, two monitors and my iPad as a monitor um, because you know I like to have the extra digital space to do my work to spread out a little bit, but. I've functioned some nights or some afternoons where I just, eh, I'm just going to take out the one laptop. And I've been able to function just fine there, too. And it's been enough computing power to get pretty much anything I need for my job done. Right, but then I, I, I've, you know, it's, now that we're like day 12 into this, um, it's been what I've spoken to. I've spoken to someone today about it, and he's like, gosh, you know, even though I'm doing a lot more here, I kind of wish I had to go back into the office. Mm. Like he misses going into the office, doing the work, taking an hour lunch break, coming back, finishing off his day, then going home. Well, yeah, it makes that home work life balancing a lot easier to maintain because, you know, like even today, I, my, my shift ended at four. 410, 412, I'm still kind of hanging around. I'm still kind of in there. You know, if something comes up through it, like 530 or 6, I might check it out and see what's going on or respond on Slack or whatever. And I don't feel like there's a clean distinction between when work ends and home life begins. 
Now there is, of course, you know, shifts end, you should be off work. But again, for you, you and me, for us kind of guys and the hourly folks, which obviously not everyone is, it does make it a little bit different. Um, but for like you and me who are salaried, it's not the same thing. You know, it's for us, it, there is no clocking out really. I mean, even though we feel like, you know, after five, you are kind of going into extra time for us, you know? Exactly. For for me, like being a salaried employee, my responsibility is that certain work is done. So if it takes me an hour to do it or 18 hours to do it, I still have to get it done. So to me, like the whole shutting off time is completely blurred. Right. And that's just in general. That's not even including or adding in with the work from home perspective that we're now dealing with. So very interesting, very interesting stuff. And we definitely have a lot of good things going on with the celebrity piece of it. So that's great. And we're and some of it's not great. Some of it is great. Um, you know, you just kind of have kind of filter through it. And of course, you have all of your entertainment options. So you got a lot of stuff that really makes this okay. But again, you start to blur those lines between work and play. And you just kind of get lost. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel for the people who have like, le- not, I don't want to say this disparagingly, but like legit families, like, you know, the, the husband, wife, and the 2.5 kids, mm-hmm. you know, to keep that underneath one household and keep your sanity and keep your cool, you know, that's that's got to be, you know, important also. Like, that's got to be real heavy. Um, oh, yeah. The other side of it is someone like myself. I essentially have nobody here and no one's been here for a while. And considering that I I'm taking it seriously and I don't want to run the risk of like catching it. So like when I went to the store over the weekend to get more supplies and everything, I walked out of there. I was thinking I'm probably covered in this thing. And I basically like took the longest shower ever. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, no, you, you get a little uh, nerve wracked about the whole thing. I mean, it makes it sad, but it's true. I mean, that's it's definitely a uh, consideration is trying to keep yourself clean when you have to go out. And then, you know, everybody's gone out for important things or needing extra food or whatever. And you can't order stuff online for at, for certain things anymore because it's going to take you till the middle of April, early May at this point. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering what happened with the Amazon drones. Yeah, I don't think they ever got that up. Wow. I, that, I think the fun the funny thing is is that everybody's so sure that everything's prepared to go, you know, electronic or they're moving that direction, but nothing was really ready, ready. Not as much as people thought it was. And there's gonna be some snafus. I mean, there was you know, there's a whole bunch of problems with, with Zoom and other services that are used to help people go re- remote now. A lot of security secure secu- uh, concerns, a lot of weird things going on with it. I mean, there's some random stuff going on with Zoom that's really weird. Um now that people aren't using it so much more for like everything. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of weirdness there. So you can, you can look that stuff up. We're not going to talk about it on the show, but there's some really weird stuff going on with zoom. I don't know if you saw some of those, but yeah, that's for our audience to find out on their own, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to have everybody be so bored with just us talking today. We do have our special segment back yet again. And uh, as Ernie's always asking, what am I always asking? What would the good doctor say? Oh, gosh, you got to prep me for these things. <laughs> well, that's how you know we do this live. Yeah. Because we're never prepped in advance. As Ernie would always ask, <laughs> what would the good doctor say? There it is. We'll see you guys back after this brief commercial break and 
after the segment's over. So hang tight. We'll be right back in a few moments. And now, sports analysis of fictional characters with Dr. Jason Von Steins. All right. Uh, thanks for having me again. This is so much fun. Um, today, I want to talk about uh, Commander Riker, uh, someone uh, that some of us tr- uh, Star Trek fans uh, uh, know and love. Um, so let me just kind of start by introducing him as a, as a character. Um, he was uh, he's on the, the show Star Trek. Uh, Next Generation. Um, if you've um, seen some trailers for Picard, you know that he uh, does a guest appearance on that show as well, uh, which is great. But I won't spoil it for anybody. <laughs> and uh, what what do we know about uh, what do we know about Riker? Uh, well, he a little meta knowledge. He was brought on to Next Generation to be the Captain Kirk like figure. He was supposed to be like the rock'em sock'em, uh, get the get the grill type character. Um, since uh, Captain Picard plays like a different role, he's more of the the wise, knowing, um, philosophical father figure type. Uh, things we know about Riker, he plays the tuba uh, tr- or trombone, I think trombone actually. Uh, yeah, trombone, yeah. Trombone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is so odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which uh, if you're a trombone player, great. You probably love Riker even more. Um, uh, things we know, he's awesome at sitting down. Um, if you ever want to, awesome. uh, yeah, you ever want to <laughs> see something cool, do a, a maybe a YouTube search of Riker sitting or Riker maneuver or something like that. He's awesome at sitting down. He's <laughs> awesome at playing cards. Um, he's really good at, um, he's really good on away teams. You know, he's a, he's a, a strong, confident leader who knows how to solve problems and he's really good in a fight. He's good with, you know, a single combat or good at using a phaser. Um, he's hypersexual. Um, I don't know if there's, if there's ever been, you know, a, a lady guest star that, record didn't look at and you know and maybe they hit it off and maybe things even went further than that um based off of all the things i'm saying if you know anything about klingons you know that riker is respected by klingons and he can go toe-to-toe with them and he can even beat up klingons and they respect his you know his physical abilities and and all that stuff and they respect him because he's a, he's a man of honor um and he's he's not just um physically gifted he's it it may sound as if he's sort of one dimensional but he's actually very intellectual as well um in the episode measure of a man there's a mock trial no excuse me there's not a mock trial it's a natural trial where um um uh, uh, picard and Riker kind of go toe to toe with each other in a legal battle, and Riker is forced to uh, to represent a side that he doesn't want to represent. He has to battle or sort of uh, argue in favor of Data not being a sentient being with rights. And Riker, you know, who's an honorable man and a good friend of Data, does not want to do that, but he has to. Because if he doesn't, then the case will be forfeited and Data will be decided to be not sentient and not have rights. So even though Riker doesn't believe this at all, he still has to look at 
the data about data, uh, you know, uh, kind of a funny thing to say. And he has to figure out what the case in favor of data not having rights is. And then he has to go full steam ahead, you know, arguing in favor of that. And it hurts him. He doesn't like doing that. But because he's a good friend, because he's honorable and he's very, in, you know, intellectually gifted, he poses a big threat to Picard and to Data and almost wins. Um, so so that, that's the sort of some background knowledge about uh, about Riker. And then some things that some more things that are important to know about him psychologically. Uh, he definitely views himself as a soldier. Uh, being an officer in Starfleet is a huge part of his identity. Uh, he comes from a long line of of soldiers or military types. His dad is a consultant to Starfleet who consults on strategies and that kind of thing. He had an ancestor in the U.S. Civil War. Who knows if the U.S. even still exists at this point, but he he's aware of his history. And he has a very strained relationship uh, with his father. Uh, Riker's dad, uh, well, well, Riker's mom died when, when Riker was very young. And then his dad, um, you know, kind of wasn't there for him. His dad was struggling with the trauma of, um, of his wife passing and was dealing with it, you know, probably the best way that he could. But that meant that he was not taking care of little baby Riker, who was also struggling with it and didn't have his mom and didn't have his, his dad because his dad was, you know, unavailable emotionally at that time. Um, and that has had a big impact on Riker and, you know, the, the Riker that we know today. Um, Riker... Um, He's so formidable uh, intellectually and physically that as I was kind of thinking about the character and even reviewing some episodes, the only real weakness that Riker has is uh, father issues. Um, so if we look back into um, some of the, uh, the episodes where Riker isn't just fooling on top of things and Riker is actually showing signs of vulnerability and struggling um, – there was an episode, I believe it was called Pegasus, where you find out that Riker, when he was very young, he had a captain who was not a, you know, a great ethical captain like Picard, and he was involved in uh, breaking a treaty and developing an illegal cloaking device that, that Starfleet was not supposed to um, develop, and um, the crew... Uh, other than than uh, Ensign Riker uh, figured out what was going on, and the crew is ethical, and they mutinied against um, against uh, that captain at that time, and Riker decided to um, to defend that captain, that father figure at that time, and he ended up doing things that were you know against his values. He ended up fighting and, and I think killing some of those crew members who were actually in the right. And uh, he saves the captain and then he keeps that secret um, with, with that captain, that particular captain for a very long time. And when in that episode, Riker is confronted by his past 
and um, you know Picard confronts him and finds out what's going on and asks Riker about it. You can see that that he has a deep sense of shame about it. So he knew at that time, most likely, maybe he reflected on it later, but it sounds like maybe he knew at that time that it was wrong, but he had this unhealthy relationship with that captain, this unhealthy father figure relationship. I think in that episode, uh, Riker says that the captain kind of praised him a little bit, gave him a little bit of, you know, um, positive reinforcement. And then young Riker just kind of ate it up and like, yes, sir. Yes, Captain. I'll be here for you. I will defend you against mutineers, you know, so it kind of led him down that that wrong path. Um, so that's that's one of Riker's big weaknesses, maybe his only big weakness. Um, you also see that um, in the 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 episode with Captain Jellico. Uh, I can't remember the exact what that um, episode was called, but. You know, going back to the theme of father figures, Riker's weaknesses, like kind of like the mean dad or the mean stepdad and Captain Jellicoe is getting them ready to go to war with the I believe it was the Cardassians and um, or Car- I can't remember if I'm saying that right. It's been a little while, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the yeah, family. You, you almost went Kardashian on that one. Yeah. Although I yeah, would yeah. like that show. I would like that episode. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Can't, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. They <laughs> almost are like an evil empire. I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I, I guess I got it right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh, but Captain uh, Jellico is making all these changes to um, you know to how the crew operates, um, to, trying to help them to perform better. And you can argue he was. Jellicoe's um, uh, strategies were correct or incorrect, but uh, Riker did not necessarily respond very well to it. He, um, you know, he was unaccepting of these changes. And, you know, there, there was, I don't know that there was any right and wrong person in that episode. Jellicoe definitely could have seen what helps the crew and then worked to help them to be best. And Riker could have seen what Jellicoe is trying to do and then try to help the crew and try to communicate with, with Jellicoe a little bit better. So I don't know that um, anybody was right or wrong, but Jellicoe, again, represents that kind of that mean, unapproving stepdad who was telling Riker, you know, I don't think you are the best. I don't think you are very good at all. And that was very damaging uh, to Riker. And that being said, uh, so when when Riker has a positive, healthy father figure like Picard over the course of, you know, however many, many years he got to work with him, um, that has a very healing um, quality to it. It's it's a corrective experience. You know, Riker grew up with uh, an unhealthy father figure, an, an unhealthy relationship with his with his uh, biological father. Then he had, you know, probably a handful of relationships with father figures that that were unhealthy. We we know of a couple. We don't know of all of them. There's probably more. But when we get to see him interact with Picard, you know, Picard pushes him to be better. He gets to learn from Picard and gets to model healthy behavior. Um, and then when it does come time to separate and then you could say that Riker put off separation for for years by staying um 
on the Enterprise. But then we also have the meta knowledge of saying, well, if if Riker left, then you know he leaves the show. So then, of course, he's not gonna he's not gonna actually leave the Enterprise. But um, he gets to continue having that corrective experience for many years, and he gets to continue just kind of healing from those those previous traumas. And even early on in the show, he has to decide, you know, when, when Picard is captured and assimilated by the Borg, he has to decide, should I blow up the Borg cube and then possibly kill my new father figure? He knows that blowing up the Borg, although painful, is the correct decision, and he he does it anyway. So I think that's a uh, – in this particular situation, I think that's a healthy – sign of growth under normal circumstances i wouldn't say you know blow up your dad and that's a good thing but mm-hmm. in this- <laughs> yeah yeah let's not kill our uh, no, no oedipus today thank you very much <laughs> but in that situation i think it is a healthy sign and then um you know and then we know eventually he does uh, leave Picard in a healthy in a healthy way. He leaves the Enterprise being a healthier, more like I guess you could say, fully realized person, more emotionally mature person. And then you know, if you watch Picard whenever you get around to it, then you get to see more of his growth as a person. So, so if I were a sports psychologist working with Riker, he's so great and capable. At so many things, I would really just kind of focus on that father figure, father son relationship dynamic that he has, and he'll try, see if healing that can help him to perform even better. Well, a big thing too, it, just for reference purposes, Chain of Command is the episode you were thinking of mm. uh, with Jericho. So just I looked that up for you. So we have okay. that reference if people want to go back and look at that episode. Yeah. But so if if Riker was a sports player, okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of see him physically with his prowess and his inability to use a chair correctly, um, <laughs> kind of looking like more of a baseball player. Okay. Kind of, okay. I think he's like your he's like your Mark McGuire figure, right? Yeah. He's he's an all round great guy. He gets along with everybody. He's not the leader, but he has leadership qualities. Mm. But he's always looking. He's kind of under the father figure, so the leader yeah. of the group. He's never the leader, but he could definitely replace the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, all-around great player, but he has this foreshadowing in his personal life that could lead to problems on the field or problems in his personal life that would lead to problems. I mean if you have a father figure issue, you're mm-hmm. constantly looking for a father figure. That father figure could be a negative influence and could yeah. lead you down a dark path, You know, drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So you need to heal that so you don't have to constantly be looking for something missing as a like father figure like in Riker's case right. and be able to focus on just playing the sport and doing your best. And making sure that the outside stresses of your personal life, because that's really the balance, right? Mm-hmm. If you're any sports player, it's like I can perform at my best, but if something's wrong in my personal life, no matter how good I am, mm-hmm. that stuff's going to affect me. And we've seen that throughout the episodes of Star Trek here and there, as you said, not many, but every once in a while, Riker has these moments of weakness or where he needs help or he is a little too glib mm-hmm. you know, or a little too off the cuff with his humor, and you're like, that's a defense mechanism. That's not – him being funny, that's a defense mechanism of the character. Right. And, and you can look at Troy, like his relationship with Troy is another one of those personal life issues. Why can't he commit to that relationship? Is, does that, is that relatable? What does what the exploration of that look like? So there's a couple of things there that I thought that kind of came to my mind when we brought up the Riker 
concept. So what, what do you think about that, though, the Troy part of it? How does that kind of pull into this, do you feel? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and it, it's kind of reminding me of our discussion about Logan or Wolverine. They're kind of similar in a way, not necessarily on the surface, but they can both be very avoidant of um, close attachments. So with um, uh, sticking with, with Riker, um, yeah, he you, he has this love of his life uh inzadi or something something like that um uh troy who um he he knows that she's the love of his life she knows that he's the love of her life but then for whatever reason they you know they have moments of closeness and then they separate again they have moments of closeness and they separate again and then Somewhere down the line, at the very end of our, you know, um, our time with the Enterprise crew, they do end up together, but it takes a long time. And now that, you know, now that uh, we're talking about it, maybe it is that kind of continuing need for corrective experiences, maybe with Picard, uh, Picard uh, or uh, a father figure, or maybe just everybody in general, where finally now he... Um, he has healed those traumas enough, and he's ready to leave Picard. Picard, and he's ready to, you know, stay in a relationship with with Troy. You know, because those, even though one is one one situation he's leaving, and another situation he's staying, but that's still there's still something that he's been avoiding for a really long time, and then he finally um, makes those decisions and commits instead of continuing to avoid so i I think that kind of goes together so that's a a really good point and then uh, so you mentioned troy and then did you all i think you also mentioned something else oh no Uh, i just went back to 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 bring back what you were talking about his father situation that was that was a good point the negative experience ernie it looks like you have a thought Oh, I have many thoughts. Oh, share those. <laughs> share. Not a lot of them I could share. Oh. <laughs> we got to Troy, so it kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, Go you Troy, you're like, hmm. All right, so <laughs> here's what I was thinking, all right? So I started watching this show from the beginning, like when it first launched, because I remember the advertisement uh, for the show launching when uh, Star Trek Four came out in movies. That was the... Uh, most un-Star Trek of Star Treks, that was the chase for the whales, right? Yay! <laughs> so, which, mind <laughs> you, was a good movie. It's very quotable, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, the most non-Star Trek of all the Star Trek movies. Um, but I remember seeing the commercial for it, the trailer for it, and I, and I was like, you know what, that looks like it'll be very fun and they and they comment you know they do the intros to all the main cast of characters and i remember the first episode uh it was a uh, encounter at far point station i think it was called mm-hmm. yeah uh which was an awful episode if you ever go back and watch it, it is a train wreck of an episode those yeah. first few se- that first season at least the first 10 oh. episodes i tried to go back it's like, yeah oh, you can't. can't they're on un- they're almost unwatchable yeah uh, but, but i feel so bad but but like you said before, you kind of see like uh, like them expanding more on Riker because at first it seemed like it was Riker's Enterprise that was his that was his command and unfortunately like Starfleet at like the last second called an audible was like no 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 we can't entrust you with the Galaxy class brand new ship right. even though you have all these accomplishments right because he kind of had that 
air about him those fir- that first season, like, hey, I've done all this in my career, and I did it in less time than you did, Picard, you know, old man. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, like, you know what I mean? Kind of like, like, um, like that point in your life when you're kind of like, you know, hanging out with your dad and you realize, you know what, I can beat my dad now in, in hoops. I can beat him in bowling. I can beat him running down the street now. I can pretty much handle this old guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what that was like, like his maturity. Because then, like, he started growing the beard out. Then you realize he started taking a more backseat approach, you know. And then he started doing, like you said, like he could sit. He could do the Riker maneuver. Like the he props the one foot foot up on the yeah. on the thing there, you know. Kind of, uh, kind of Captain Morgan-like, if you ever see those yeah. movies. <laughs> Very cocky, uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I thought he was actually out of like all the captains and all the first. Well, I guess because it's navy esque, right? First mates or number ones. Uh, he was actually pretty cool. Um, he was kind of like the he he was kind of like the uh, the everyman's general almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like he could relate to like the the guys that were on the front lines because he'd grab a phaser and he'd jump into the fight he wasn't one to like overthink things uh you know if someone was in trouble he's diving into it i mean yeah he's bad with the ladies but you know when you think about it you know he's a military man he's like six foot four like chiseled features you know he he's he can he can he can leave any what is it what was that what was the what was the name of the bar that they always hung out in oh 10 forward Ten forward, yeah. He can yeah. leave ten forward easily with one or two of them, right? right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he had no problem there. But like you said, it's, it's the attachment thing. Now, if I want to flip it over to sports, I kind of think of him as kind of like a Steve Young mm. type person. Like he was – like coming out of college, he – well, in college, he was awesome, all right? He set all these records at BYU – uh, his coach back then was Mike Holmgren, and you know he was un- almost unstoppable. He just played at BYU. That was the problem. And, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets then he gets drafted by Tampa Bay first overall, right? And these were the bad Tampa Bay teams. So he he basically got banged up. He went through all the garbage coaches and basically taking the blame for their failures when really it wasn't. I mean. I think at one point I remember watching them play Green Bay in Green Bay during a snowstorm, and they decided to wear all their all white uniforms. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was a snow out, and they're wearing white uniforms, and here he is trying to win this game in those conditions. So like you realize everything's stacked against this guy, almost kind of like what you were saying before about Riker, like everything's stacked against this guy, but yet mm-hmm. there's this promise there. He just needs that 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 change in scenery or that one person, then all of a sudden like Tampa Bay's like, look, we got to get rid of this guy. And San Fran's like, we'll take him. And mm-hmm. he goes, he sits behind Joe Montana at the mm-hmm. end of Joe Montana's career. And Steve's sitting there. He's like, I can beat this guy. Right. I, I'm better than this guy. Right. Even mm-hmm. though he's got four titles and then the 49ers bring in somebody specifically for him. And you saw an instant change in Steve Young's, like career and mm-hmm. it's like uh it's almost like a nine day like like you see in 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 Riker in the first what how long did did the next generation run like what eight seasons uh seven or eight something like that yeah, yeah seven seven or eight, eight. the first three or four seasons you kind of felt like you know he was always like 
everyone, let's let's prepare for combat. You know, shields up, and then like Picard would be like, delay that order. Mm. You know, he'd sit there, he'd be like, I've seen this a million times. This is what they're gonna do. This is how we should handle it. This is what the outcome, and we won't have to fire a single shot, right? Mm. And sure enough, everything turns out like Picard, right? Because he's the ultimate. And and kind of like you, you kind of wonder about that. Like, had Picard not been there, what would the show be like? Would it be more, um, would it be more Star rather than Trek? You know what I mean? Like a lot more fighting, a lot more like let's you know let's shoot and clean up later or what have you. Or like you said, um, you know him like maturing his way through. And I mean, let's just say you did have that option to like talk to uh, to to Riker, and you knew what was going to happen for him. And you saw him. Do you, do you tell him to just like sit back and wait your time, kind of like what Steve Young did? Once mm-hmm. your time comes, just know, just realize it and take hold of it. Yeah, great point. Great point. Okay. Um, so one thing that I would really want to emphasize with him is the importance of learning. Well, if uh, assuming that we're already working on, you know, um, avoidance and developing healthy relationships and all that stuff. Uh, I would I would also want to talk to him about the importance of learning. And there's this great uh, there's this great meme. Uh, I don't know if they have memes in the Star Trek universe. Like if, <laughs> if memes are still happening. In, that would be in interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, there's this great meme that you know, like on one side of the the meme, maybe it says something like expectations. And then it has someone starting to ride a little bicycle, a little stick figure starting to ride a bicycle up just like a pretty, pretty flat and pretty, um, you know, straight uh, diagonal line. And they're, they're trying to get to the top of the hill. And then in the next frame or the next half of the meme, it says reality. And then the little stick figure is on the bicycle. But then instead of just being a straight direct path to the to the top of the hill, it it's squiggly. It goes all over the place. It goes really high, and then it goes really low down. So that's just to say, like we think that you know, if we want to achieve our goal, you know, we just you know we work hard and we make some sacrifices, and we pull some all nighters and all that stuff, and then and then boom, we'll we'll get it uh, when we expect it. But in reality, there's all kinds of life happening. So I would really want to emphasize learning and patience um, one thing that one kind of psychological concept that comes to mind is that can be really helpful is something called the growth mindset um, so there's two kind of general mindsets there's the fixed mindset and then there's the growth mindset in the fixed mindset people uh, when somebody has that mindset or when someone's in that mindset they think that um, you know ability or someone's personal qualities is a fixed entity. It's a fixed trait, and you either have it or you don't. So let's say you're working with, you know, uh, Steve Young, or you're working with a football player, and then you tell them something like, you know, talent in football uh, is something that's that you either have or you don't. The first person that that or the first thing that that person will think is, oh, you either have it or you don't. I wonder if I have it. And then that influences their behavior. And then their goal now becomes, like while they're in that mindset, their goal becomes to prove that they have it. So the things that they do are, you know, avoid tough challenges, only do things that you know you'll succeed at, 
if somebody else is successful, then that is a sign that you're not successful and um, it's threatening to you. And because that, that's the fixed mindset. Now, if if as far as the growth mindset, if you tell somebody, Steve Young, some, someone like that, you say um, uh, something like uh, talent in, in football is something that um, you can grow and, and, you know, and have more of. Then the first thing that that person thinks is, oh, how do I get more of it? What can I do to have more talent or more ability at football? So then they do things like take harder challenges because those are those are opportunities for learning. They see other people who are successful and they try to learn from them and emulate their success. Um, you know, they they work hard because hard work is is a way to learn and to get better. Whereas with the fixed mindset. Hard work is a sign that you don't have talent. So then right, people avoid right. hard work. So I would really want to talk to, to Riker in that situation about the growth mindset because someone could easily say like, oh, I thought you had so much promise. And then yet here you are, uh, first officer instead of captain. Uh, you know, um, yes, you're on the Enterprise, the flagship, but you're not the captain. So isn't that a failure? Or, um, you know, oh, you've been the first – first officer for seven, eight years now. What's going on with that? How come you haven't, like, uh, how, how come you haven't learned everything yet? How come you haven't, um, you know, how come you're not an admiral yet? Um, but if Riker can continue to have a growth mindset, then he can keep learning from Picard and not just Picard, but he can, you can learn from anyone. So he can learn from Wesley. He can learn from his interactions with, you know, with the lower decks and uh, ensigns, and he can say, okay, this person made that mistake. How can I be a better teacher? Um, how can I help this person more? So there's opportunities to learn everywhere. So I would really want him to to stay in the growth mindset. And one trap that I want to mention really quickly is a lot of times people can hear about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, and then they can go, Oh, growth mindset. Yeah, that's I have that one. I'm, 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 um, I have the good one, and I just have it naturally. I'm just so good at having uh, a growth mindset. I'm, I'm the best. I'm really great at it. But that's that's then now having a fixed mindset about the growth mindset. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, nice, nice, nice. Fixed yeah. about growth, baby. That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So I would just emphasize learning, continuing to examine his process, continuing to see how he could get better and better, and then just, just spend that time just improving himself, improving others, being of service, and just trying to stay in a growth mindset as much as he can, and also realizing that every once in a while you're going to get into a fixed mindset. It's really easy. If somebody praises you and says, hey, you are awesome, it kind of puts you in a fixed mindset and you go, oh, yeah, I am awesome. I'm the best. But then what happens when you mess up? You're not awesome. You suck. So, so then it's it's hard. It's easy to get into a fixed mindset, and it takes work to keep staying in that growth mindset. So I'd want to emphasize that with him. Well, I think also in the show they kind of uh, alluded to his growth. I want to say around like season four. I'm not sure. I mean, if it you know when somebody listens to this, they're going to probably correct us on this. But there was a, a couple. It was like half a season dedicated to to Riker himself. It seemed like. 
and his relationship with the rest of the crew, a lot yeah. of times it was like the holodeck. And one of the guys, I think he was a uh, he was one of the engineers, if I'm not mistaken. And he had this private uh, like uh, holodeck program running where like he was always the hero and like mm-hmm. Riker was the bubbling uh, pool. I think. Yeah. Oh, I remember. You remember that, that one? Yes, I remember. Yeah. That guy ended up be getting trapped in the holodeck at some point later in that season. Yeah. And like, yeah, his consciousness. I remember that whole thing. That was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Barkley, I think. Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Apparently, he wasn't yeah. well liked. You know, he was kind of like the outcast. So the only time he ever felt enjoyment was going to the holodeck and like putting all these people that he had like you know these like you said fixed mindset of. Like uh, Picard, I think, was like a babbling old man, and, and mm-hmm. Riker was this, it, it's, you know, because Riker's an imposing figure, right? He's this yeah. tall dude. He made him like short, clumsy, oafish, you know, and made him kind of ridiculous. And yeah. it was like, okay, I kind of get this now. And, you know, and, and you can kind of see the difference, too, uh, when the writing got better on that show. They, they put a little bit more Riker in a lot of like those episodes, right? Like mm-hmm. how he was like, yeah, he, they they wanted to like emphasize on him more as being like the, like you said, more like the Captain Kirk type, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was so it was so funny. I did think of because one of the things that Barkley did was he made his rivals. He, maybe that's a, a sign of the fixed mindset. He made his rivals the opposite of what they were in real life. So mm-hmm. Picard is a, a babbling old fool, and then. And then Riker is like just just a, a small, um, harmless, you know, um, mm-hmm. non-threatening uh, person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, well, this is cool stuff. A lot of a lot of learning to do, mm-hmm. as always, Doctor. We appreciate it, um, Ernie. Always always spectacular when you bring up uh, Troy and how hot she is. So yay, go for that. <laughs> hey, no wonder, I don't know what his problem was, but geez, like he had that as like his ultimate like fallback. Mm-hmm. And see for oh, yeah no for definitely like, what, eight years oh yeah or something like that <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, she got married and then like all of a sudden the dude dies and Riker's like there I'm like dude how many times do you I'm like what other signs do you need here right yeah right oh absolutely <laughs> well doctor as you always say uh, I'm Dr Jason and insert tagline here seamless transition. And we're back. I hope you liked that episode as, as, and had as much fun with it as we did. He's so passionate about doing this. He is having so much fun doing it, just as we are having the conversations with him and talking through these fictional characters. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think it's a great way for him to keep himself active with his, you know, nerd side, just like it is for us in, in these socially isolating times. It really is. Um, so any parting thoughts or any for those Folks like yourself, which there may be a lot of, who are single, who don't have family that lives with them full time. I mean, like I do, too. What's what's your best advice for them right now? I think that we as the nerd community need to reach out to those nerds in need. (laughs) I love it. That's great. I think we need need to reach out to them and give them a call. Talk to them. Don't, Don't even call up and ask how they're doing during the crisis. Just say, hey. Did you ever remember that time when we were watching Empire Strikes Back and Lando was wearing Han Solo's clothes at the end? Why was Han? Why was he wearing Han Solo's clothes? That's good. That's good. 
Just just give them a little nerd love. Yeah. Let them remember something fun. That'll keep them occupied for hours. <laughs> and that's what it's really about. It's keeping your nerds occupied so they don't disturb the general public. Yeah, yeah. We don't need these guys out there running around and like trying to interact with other people. We need to keep them yeah. inside and keep them occupied with this insane knowledge, right? Exactly. Keep them keep them busy. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Well, guys, obviously, as we are the nerds and you can find us online and all your social media, you don't have to worry about touching us at any point. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can go on to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, Pinterest, as well as the good Tumblr to find content interim, instr, uh, interim, and things we're doing uh, and interesting quotes, articles, etc. Um, we are in Amino as well. We haven't been on there in a while, so we are keeping up with that one. But we are very active on Pinterest, so follow us on there. We, we drop a lot of cute and fun, cool pictures, and we, of course, add our links for all of our episodes there as well if you miss out. So don't hesitate to join us wherever you are. And, of course, because we want to make sure that people are very content during this time of social isolation. Ernie, if you will. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.